on the field, inside the clubhouse, and everything in between. This is Brewers Weekly, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City. Here's Matt Pauley. Can you believe it? This is what we'll refer to as the final off-season edition of Brewers Weekly. Off-season in the sense that the regular season has not yet started. It is a spring training edition. But this time next week, when we are hitting the air, we are going to be talking about the first Brewers game of the season as they open up the year a week from today, coming up next Thursday afternoon. My name is Matt Pauley, not flying solo today on the program, joined by Greg Matzik, who is down in Arizona. He has been at uh, spring training throughout the course of the last week or so. Greg? How's Arizona treating you? Uh, it feels like uh, high school football weather right now, to be honest with you. But nonetheless, a uh, night game for the Brewers against the Giants. Uh, the Giants, if you've ever been to spring training, have an immense following in Arizona. The Giants and the Cubs, their fan bases really turn out for the spring training games. So uh, I'm not sure what the capacity will be tonight. There are some seats blocked off, but there will be baseball at Scottsdale Stadium. All right, sounds good, Greg. We're going to try to get you reconnected as your uh, connection back to us is not uh, fantastic here at the moment. So we'll get you uh, reconnected here in uh, just a moment from uh, Arizona. But uh, yeah, that's where uh, that's where Greg Matzik is, and there are some questions. I think that's what I referred to this with Scott Warris earlier when we were uh, speaking prior to the program. This is kind of the uh, what questions need to be answered over the course of the next six days edition of Brewers Weekly, and we're at a point now where. Uh, We're getting some answers. Uh, Craig Council said earlier today he laid out what the uh, rotation is going to look like to get the season started. And Freddie Peralta is going to start the year in the rotation as the number five starter. And Josh Lindblom is going to begin the year working out of the bullpen. So it's going to uh, look like this. You're going to have Brandon Woodruff to pitch the first game of the season. Uh, Then Corbin Burns will come in after that. Adrian Hauser is the scheduled game three starter. Tonight's uh, spring starter, uh, Brett Anderson, will be in the four spot and then Freddie Peralta will be in the five spot. Something that I'll be interested to see how it's all going to uh, work out over the course of the year is uh, how often do the Brewers jump into a six-man rotation? You've got the extra roster spot now. Uh, Rosters have gone up to 26. That was something that was uh, going to be in place for uh, last year and it is now in place going forward. So uh, with the fact that You do come off a 60-game season last year to a 162-game season this year. You can jump to a six-man rotation when you need to. You don't need to in the first week of the season because you've got that off day on Friday. But at least to start things out, it's going to be Freddie Peralta in that five spot. And Josh Lindblom is going to work out of the bullpen. Greg Matzik is back with us. And, Greg, that's kind of the news of the day that Freddie Peralta locked in to a starting rotation spot. Uh, Josh Lindblom is still going to make a lot of starts for this team. There's going to be a lot of other guys who make a lot of starts uh, for this team, but at least as the season gets started, uh, give a lot of credit to Freddie Peralta. He's added to his arsenal and he has come in and he's he's pitched well enough to earn that number five spot in the rotation. Yeah, I, I think Craig Council's comments were interesting today. He said the last time Freddie was out against Seattle, he looked like a pitcher who was a starting pitcher, meaning he was setting up hitters. He was mixing pitches, working inside and out of the plate left-handed, right-handed, he had more in his arsenal to go to. And, you know, two years ago, I remember asking Craig Council, does Freddie have enough other pitches, aside of the fastball, to be a starting pitcher? Can he make 30 starts? And at the time, he said yes. But as we saw the season play out, it, it just it didn't work, and he had to go to the bullpen. 
And then he found something in the bullpen, which he continued in that role, kind of back and forth, a few starts here and there. But now he is much more equipped to work with that slider, and that was a big pitch for him last year. He was working on the side fields a lot when I was at spring training with Manny Pena on that slider. So it's a pitch that nobody really outside of the National League Central has seen. So that's going to be new when he faces the Mets and the Dodgers and the Giants and so on. But you're right, he earned it. And he, he, I don't want to say he reinvented himself, but he developed, and he's still a young guy. So this is a, a great step. Yeah, look, we always used to call him Fastball Freddy, and he's he's not Fastball Freddy anymore, and that's a credit to him. We all remember when he made his big league debut and he was in Colorado and he just had that really impressive performance, but that wasn't sustainable because when the video got out on him and he was basically a one-pitch guy, all of a sudden there was no way for him to – have that consistency that that you need and not all of your pitches work every single time out so as a starter if your fastball if your curveball if your changeup if your slider whatever it might be if it's not working one day you got to be able to go to other pitches and for Peralta if the fastball wasn't working one day he was not going to have a good day so so you mentioned it just him adding to his repertoire all of a sudden he does feel more like a starting pitcher than he ever has any other time in his career yeah, and, you know, he's going to be in as, I guess, technically speaking, a number five, and he could still have bullpen innings at some point. But, you know, in, in watching guys pitch throughout the course of the last week, Matt, his stuff can be dominating. And, you know, you wouldn't say that about Brett Anderson. He's just a different kind of pitcher. He'll pitch to contact, and I'm sure he'll love the defense that Craig Council and David Stearns have in the field. Adrian Hauser has struggled, especially in his last two outings. And Lindblom has been a little bit up and down. But for all this stuff cannot be denied i think it's i think it's there it's on par with woodruff and burns it just needs some refinement with those other pitches but i don't think there's any questioning what he's got and what's in the tank and his ceiling i think is higher than uh certainly hauser i think Lindblom and anderson's i don't the um the story on that slider too with peralta is he saw trevor bauer throw it and when and the grip that uh, Bauer used, and he started to play around with it a little bit last year, even before the short season. Uh, it, it didn't go so well for him last year. That's obviously a very good pitch for Bauer, and, and you don't know if you're going to get anywhere near the same type of results with Peralta, but that's if you want to kind of look at the, the origins of that slider, it kind of goes back to the way Trevor Bauer throws his. Yeah, it's interesting. So, it, And he's not the only one who's going to unleash that developed slider. Josh Hader is going to be doing the same thing. He's been working on a changeup. And if you look at how many innings he pitched last year, what, 19? And all of his National League innings pits came against teams from the Central. So, again, there's uh, the majority of the league has not seen what Josh Hader's been working on, including that slider. Much the same as Freddie Peralta. So, and these are already really good pitchers. So, yeah. I think it's going to be a really interesting year for the staff. It's, it, it's going to be a learning curve for hitters to adjust to what they thought they knew and understood about both these guys. For the baseball nerds out there, the difference, uh, he's putting his index and middle fingers together as opposing to as opposed to separating them out. That's the way um, generally you throw the slider, but the fingers are together, and that's what creates a bit of a difference. So for the uh, for the people who are baseball nerds and want to know what's uh, what's different, there it is. That's how you, uh, we'll take a break. You your slider, right? Oh yeah, that's yeah, and uh, you know I've got a long major league history in uh, in throwing my slider very well, Greg. Well, it's a work in progress. Hey, still developing. That's okay. <laughs> we'll take a break. We've got more with Greg from Arizona in just a moment. It's Brewers Weekly.
Back with more Brewers Weekly after this. Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. I'm Matt Pauly, Greg Matzik with us as well. He is in Arizona as the Brewers into the final few days of Cactus League play. If you want to join the program, you can do so, 855-616-1620. It is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Greg, when we look at the roster decisions to be made at this point, especially from a position player standpoint, it feels like the guys who are still kind of competing for spots uh, Daniel Vogelbach's in there and his status without a DH he just is how valuable can he be to the club when he's going to be coming off the bench in a pinch hitter role more often than not from an outfield standpoint Billy McKinney's been coming on recently Tyrone Taylor has really put together a, a nice spring Taylor I believe has options McKinney does not but it feels like those are kind of the guys right now that are still trying to make this opening day roster yeah no I think you're right and if I if I had to to pick an odd man out, uh, and I do think Tyrone Taylor is going to begin the season with the uh, alternate side, um, I think Daniel Vogelbach's the odd man out. Billy McKinney, I think, has made this team. Uh, he had two home runs in a game prior to the weekend. Uh, my first day down here watching a game, he had another couple of hits, added another in a, a pinch hit opportunity later in the week. He's a lefty stick, which I know Daniel Vogelback is also, but the difference is versatility. Uh, he can play a little first if you need to. He can play in the outfield if you need him to be there, and that's something David Stearns has covets. Uh, and, and Craig Tunsil said this about Daniel Vogelback. His best position is hitter. I mean, that, that, that is his best spot in the field. And I actually think he handles first base well, but there, there's, there's a variety of options at first base. Travis Shaw got to start at first in yesterday's Cactus League game, and it's, it's something that he can do. Uh, if need be. So there's there's plenty of options. You, you get the feeling with Vogelback, they're kind of trying to wait this out just in case Major League Baseball comes back and says, oh, just kidding, we are going to have the designated hitter, and then maybe he'll have a spot on the roster. Um, but you're right, he doesn't have options. So maybe he starts the season with the team because you're not going to need that extra pitcher right away, but it could be a, an early season tweak to the roster once you get into that, that, that full slate of games where you're going to have to rely on more arms. You kind of openly wonder if the Brewers knew in the offseason that there probably wouldn't be a DH, would have they brought him back or would have they gone in a different direction and maybe given him an opportunity to go somewhere in the American League where he would bring more value? Yeah, I, I, I think that's, that's ultimately where I think he ends up. Like, I don't know why, but like in my head, the situation that pops into my mind, and I guess it's a little different because he had options, but remember a few years ago in San Diego, the, the Brewers won a, a low-scoring game, and Z-Man Choi delivered the yeah. game-winning hit, right? And the very next day, he was, he was off to the minor leagues, and then ultimately he was traded. So the opening day roster is just that. It is an opening day roster. And if we know anything about David Stearns and what he likes to do, the roster will be manipulated. Often, um, so I, I, I wonder about Vogelback's future. It, it, I don't want to say be nice to let him go so we can latch on with another team. I, I still think the Brewers are are holding out hope that maybe the DH comes back, but um, I, I kind of feel like he will get squeezed, and that that has much to do with how Travis Shaw has been playing and and really how Billy McKinney has been playing. Not to speculate about a guy's future, but down in Chicago, Eloy Jimenez just, he's out for the next six months. The White Sox need yeah. a DH. All of a sudden, you know, there may be a conversation to be had there. No, you're exactly right, Matt. And, and you brought this up when we were talking about Ryan Braun a few weeks ago. 
I, I thought maybe, just maybe, if the DH comes back to the National League, that's what it would take for Ryan Braun to play. I, I thought you brought up something really interesting. Maybe it gets to June or July or there's an injury situation that makes you want to pick up the phone. That could be how, how any one of a, a number of players who are, are released and looking for work, veteran players, end up latching on with the team. It's remarkable how many guys are still out there. From a Brewers standpoint, uh, there's a lot made on social media about somebody like Jed Jerko still not having a job. And we saw he he put, he's put together a nice major league career. He had a nice season for the Brewers last year, and he doesn't have a job. There are a lot of guys out there right now that are just waiting for their phone to ring. Yeah, I think Scooter Jeanette's still looking for a team, too, if I'm not mistaken. He's a couple years removed from uh, an outstanding season with the Reds, so... Uh, there is. I mean, there there are talented names. You wonder what sort of shape they're in, what kind of training. But I, I do know this about the Brewers. They, they love growing their talent. But David Stearns flips over every stone to find talent for this team. And uh, it, it's, it, you have to look back on it, but you'll recognize names that were not a part of the roster on opening day end up becoming very key contributors to this team as they make a push for the postseason. We continue to try to answer some questions that need to be answered between now and the start of the season a week from today. I'm Matt Pauley. That's Greg Matzik. We're back with more in a moment. It's Brewers Weekly. More Brewers Weekly coming up on WTMJ. It's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Greg Matzik joins us for uh, one more segment. He is down in Arizona, set to uh, head north, as will the Brewers. Opening day a week from today. Can you believe it? Now less than one week away from the start of the season, a full 162-game schedule. We are certainly looking forward to it. Greg, I've referred to this as the uh, answering questions edition of Brewers Weekly with, uh, with just less than a week to go for you. What's what are the questions or what is the question that you want to see answered between now and when that first pitch is thrown next Thursday? Yeah, I, I, we've talked a lot about the defense and how it's so much better up the middle. I, I, I still think it's going to be a work in progress, and we need to be patient with Keston Hero. Fans, everybody alike, that is going to be a learning curve. Now, I will say this. There was a play in a couple of days ago in which Omar Narvaez caught a runner sneaking off of first base, and it was a bang-bang play. Pitch was delivered. Narvaez popped up, fired it down to first, and it was a little bit outside the bag. Hero reacted, caught the ball, slapped out a tag between his legs. So he was ready for that, Matt. And those are one of the things that you can't often simulate in the course of a workout. You just have to do it in the course of a game. He was ready for it. He showed good footwork. So I think the components are there. He's not a prototypical target, but but he's going to be in the lineup because of his bat. And it's going to be an on-the-fly situation, I think, with his glove. I also wonder about starting pitching, not named Woodruff, Burns, and I do have confidence in Peralta. I think it's a, it's, it's a little sketchy beyond those guys. And, and I know it is for a lot of teams when you get to the 3, 4, 5, or 4, 5, and 6, however you look at it. Um, but the depth in their pitching is, is what I wonder about at the starting capacity. Back to the infield, when you really break it down, the only everyday guy they truly have in the infield uh, is, is Colton Wong at second because shortstop's going to probably be a timeshare between Orlando Arcia and Luis Orias. Third base is probably going to be a timeshare between Travis Shaw and Orlando Arcia. First base will have Keston Hira there, but as you mentioned earlier, we could see Travis Shaw there at times, especially, you know, Hira's got a 
here has got to do what he can do with his bat, and he is a back bounce-back candidate after he did not hit as well as he would have liked to uh, last year. You've got Daniel Robertson who's going to be, in all likelihood, in the mix as well. As much as we make of this defense, there's no real set defensive alignment on the infield on a, on a day-in, day-out basis for this club. No, you're right. I, I think everybody is capable. Um you know, Manny Pena is not a gold glover, but my gosh, he's a good defensive catcher. Orlando Arce has got gold glove talent, hasn't been exacted yet. Uh, and, of course, the outfield is, I think, outstanding. But you're right. Uh, and I don't know that we'll see Travis Shaw back at second base like we did after they signed Mike Moustakis a couple of years ago. Uh, but he has proven to be a versatile player. Um, and now he's got to show it with his bat. I mean, if he wants that opportunity to get more opportunities at third and at first and, you know, keep a lefty stick in the lineup, which Craig Council loves at American Family Field, he's one of those guys who look to have a bounce-back year. And, and, and same with Christian Yelich, who I think you feel confident about. Omar Narvaez, right? The entire NL Central division at the plate is in the need of a bounce-back year. Um, so uh, the pitching numbers were great last year because the Central stunk. There's no offense. So a lot of teams beyond the Brewers are, are you know hoping that answers to those questions, especially with regard to offense, are, are are happening sooner than later. I am mentally preparing myself to be a little bit frustrated because there are going to be games where Orlando Arcee is going to be at third base and Luis Orias is going to be at shortstop, and this is no disrespect meant to Orias, and we haven't really seen what he can do, so maybe as we watch him play, my view on this is going to change, but Arcea is just such a dynamic shortstop. It's it's going to be a little frustrating, I think, at times to watch somebody other than Arcea play short when Arcea is in the game. Yeah, so you go from that, you know, get the ball deep in the hole at short, ranging to your right, versus trying to cut off a ball to your left from getting to the shortstop. So, you know, I haven't seen that play out so far in spring training. Um, I do think Orlando Arce has a little better arm than Luis Urias from what I've seen, Um, but I I don't think it's a significant difference. I I think they're both pretty slick fielding infielders. Uh, And then, you know, anytime a ball goes into the air, if it's on the left side of the diamond, Orlando's going to be in the mix. So I appreciate that aggressiveness, but, you know, it, it, there's a lot of good defenders, I think, on this team, and, and he's certainly one of them. But I, I think that may be a good problem to have if you have a captain on the infield, and, and Orlando's that guy. Last thing for you before we let you go, you mentioned Omar Narvaez, and there was a lot of talk yesterday about the catching tandem of, of Narvaez and Manny Pena. I don't know if there is a single player – that it's more important that they have that bounce-back season than Nervaez. When he came in last year, the book on him was, okay, he's not going to completely replace the offense of Yasmani Grandal, but he's going to get really, really close, and he ended up not doing that. If all of a sudden you can get a Grandal-like bat into that lineup and you and you get some other bounce backs. But if, if, if Omar Nervaez can be just the guy he was throughout his entire career before he was a brewer, that's a dynamic bat that you have back in uh, the lineup. And all of a sudden, I just feel like it completely changes the dynamic of this team. Isn't it funny? You look at what happened last year and you realize, oh, Arcia had maybe the best year out of any regular position player. Uh, at the plate, I, Narvaez hit, what, 176? Even if he hits 250, I mean, that's a significant difference. But you'd like to think that his, his power from the left side of the plate can be showcased where the Brewers play. I mean, it, 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 there's no secret. David Stearns loves the left-handed bat. So does Craig Council. 
And with Pop, that's a that's a great option. Um, and Manny Pena is, you know, the guy you feel steadier with behind the plate at, in any given situation. But bounce back candidate for sure. I think you feel confident with Yelich, but Narvaez, uh, you'll have to prove it. He'll get every opportunity. All right, Greg, great stuff from Arizona all week. We look forward to seeing you back here uh, next week for uh, opening day. Uh, thanks for spending some time with us from Arizona tonight. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. That is uh, Greg Matzik again live from Arizona as uh, the Brewers. They're playing a night game this evening. I, I think it's one of two night games, their second night game, their final night game that they are uh, playing, and that game is not scheduled to get started for another half hour. So 9.05, Brett Anderson is going to uh, to get the start. One area that I would, I would mildly disagree with Greg on when it comes to the confidence of starting pitching, we're both very confident about – Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns were on the same page. I'm really confident about Brett Anderson. Uh, Anderson, uh, the only question about Anderson is staying healthy. As as long as he can stay healthy, I think he's going to have a nice season. He's a pitch-to-contact guy. The defense up the middle certainly should help him out. I am cautiously optimistic about Freddie Peralta because Peralta seems like a brand-new guy. But Peralta has yet to show the level of consistency as a starting pitcher that you need to have. So I've still got some questions on Peralta. Uh, I think he can do it, but until he does do it, the question marks exist there. But then everybody else is a question mark right now in the starting rotation. That's the biggest question mark. We'll talk a little bit more about that coming up in just a moment. This is Brewers Weekly. Back with more Brewers Weekly after this. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. It is the final off-season edition, which is still technically, I call it the off-season because the regular season hasn't started of Brewers Weekly. My name is Matt Paul. If you want to join us, you can do so. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can also tweet into the program. Find me on Twitter at Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Less than a week away from Brewers opening day. Next Thursday afternoon, they open up at home against the Minnesota Twins. I've gotten to a point where I... I feel really good about a lot of areas on this club. Now we've talked about. I, I'm not just going to repeat the exact same show I've done for the you know the last two months. Bounce backs are a big part of this team. Omar Nervaez, Keston Hira, Lorenzo Cain, just in the sense they didn't play last year. Obviously, Christian Yelich, Avisail Garcia. These are all guys who have to put it together at the plate more than they did last year. The only guy who doesn't really have the, the major league track record that I just mentioned is Keston Hira, but Hira is hit at every level. Last year when he struggled a bit, that was that was really the first adversity he had ever faced throughout his high-level baseball career at any point as a professional and also as a collegiate baseball player. It was, just, it was a brand-new thing for him. So you watch to see who he is going to be this year. I've, I've kind of bought in on Travis Shaw over a third, and I think the team's going to be okay. Even if Shaw doesn't perform, there's enough parts that you can kind of move around that it's going to it's going to work out. I am mildly concerned about the back end of the starting rotation because there's just from a – I talk about track record all the time, over and over and over. Track record is one of my biggest things, and 
I don't I don't love the track records at this point of the back end of the of the rotation. I'm fine with Brandon Woodruff. I'm fine with Corbin Burns. I'm fine with Brett Anderson. I think those guys are going to be the guys that we expect them to be this year. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about Freddie Peralta and if Peralta can hold that, you know, that four spot in the rotation, I'm more optimistic, quite honestly, about Peralta than I am Adrian Hauser. I'm concerned about Hauser at this point, and I hope those concerns are, are nothing. And even though he has struggled at times during spring, that he's one of those guys that when the big lights turn on, he is able to uh, perform and take that step forward from who he's been. But there's, there is not that consistent track record with an Adrian Hauser. There's not the consistent track record with a Freddie Peralta, with a Josh Lindblom, with an Eric Lauer, whoever else might be in the starting rotation. I think if I were to do an over-under on starting pitchers this year for the Brewers, Greg, where, let me throw it at you. Where would you put it at? If you were to do an over-under on number of pitchers that will start a game, and this includes, they always have a bullpen game or two over the course of the year, You know whether it's started by Brent Suter or somebody else, that, that, could, that would be included in this. How many pitchers do you think over the course of this season will start at least one game for the So Bulls? if I, I would set the over under at, see now I'm thinking it's too, like, too much of an easy answer. I would say seven and a half, I would set oh. the OU, and I would go oh. over. Oh, if you want to take that, I will. I will take that bet and put any amount of money that I could uh, that I could put on it. I'm not a sports better, but I would put it at twelve and a half. Oh my goodness! Okay, see, I thought seven and a half was kind of too much of a layup, and I was like, well, maybe eight and a half. Well, I don't know. Okay, twelve. We'll set it at twelve. That's what it'll be. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I, I would put it at 12 and a half. So what, and what do you take? Do you take the over Ooh. or the under? Do you think there will be 12 or less or 13 or more? See, I would take the under, but it would be like 11. I think it was what it would cap out at. I think I would take the over still. <laughs> okay, something to monitor yeah. this year. Um, that's, I, just, I think a lot of guys are going to start games. I would need to look and see. Uh, even last year in the 60-game season, as I try to – Look up stats here uh, on the run. 2020 regular season. How many guys started a game for the Brewers last year? Pitching starts. All right, I'm struggling here, being able to talk and uh, talk and do a show all at the same time. This do you is hear off the just radio. just off the bat as you're looking it up? Let me ask. Do you think they re- did they reach 12 last season? No, no, but it okay. was 60 games. We're, they oh, are that's one, right. I two, forgot. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They had eight guys last year. In 60 games. games. In 60 games. <laughs> All right, let's go back to uh, 2019. I think this is – I think it's going to be even more than 2019 because they're going to be so careful with starting pitchers not going too often. Okay, so in 2019, the last 162-game season, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. They had 12 ah, guys there you start go. games in 2019. So maybe I should have set the over-under at 13 and a half. Yeah, I mean, I, with that evidence, like, it's hard to argue against it, especially with the how the rotation looks and the moves, and you were alluding it with Greg earlier, like, of, of all the unpredictability that could happen with the roster, like... 13, now that we've elaborated a little bit, seems much more realistic. 11 guys started games in 2018. 
silver guaranteed double. I don't say guaranteed, but double oh, digits yeah, we're is guaranteed likely. Double digits. Okay, we all right. are guaranteed. All double right. Digits. Okay. Your your seven and a half nonsense was just <laughs> yeah. that. It was nonsense. A layup, man. Yes. There's going to be a lot of guys who start games this year, and there's going to be guys who begin the season in the minor leagues. And Aaron Ashby is, is somebody to be excited about. Uh, is he going to get an opportunity at the end of the season? I would think there's a pretty good chance he's going to make his major league debut. You've got other – there's going to be points in the season – because all year long, they're going to be monitoring the starting pitchers and watching. You know, they've got the, they've got the computers. They've got all the data. They're going to be able to see. You know what? Velocity's going down on this guy. Spin, like the spin rate's not where it needs to be. The the body is not recovering the way the body needs to recover. Going from the 60 game to the 162 game. So there's going to be times this year where they're probably going to have to press pause and say, okay, it's. It's time to get a bullpen game in here just to give everybody a day. And all of a sudden, uh, a Justin Topa or a Drew Rasmussen or obviously a, a Brent Suter is going to get a start. I, if we're doing over-unders, like what's the over-under on Brent Suter starts this year? Because he can be so valuable out of the bullpen, but he's also that guy when they do need a spot start. You go to him. I don't know. Your Suter's probably good for seven, eight starts this year, I would think. Um, and again, this all kind of goes back to – if you want to be concerned about one area, I do think it's the back end of the rotation, sort of those four, five, six guys. But to be fair, to be fair, go look at the fifth starter on the vast majority of major league teams. The vast majority. Most teams do not have great options as their fifth starter. So the Brewers the Brewers have enough pitching depth in the rotation to to, to, to be in as good a shape as the vast majority of teams across Major League Baseball. Let me just it, say, to, yes. before we go to break, if if they only use seven and a half or eight pitchers starting rotation, that rotation is dealing because then no, nothing had to change, right? So Yeah, and if that happens, I'll buy you a milkshake. <laughs> All right, I'll be here for it. 855-616-1620 is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. This is Brewers Weekly. More Brewers Weekly with Matt Foley coming up on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly with Matt Foley on WTMJ. A couple notes from the Brewers from earlier today. Saturday is the day that the Brewers have to tell non-roster pitchers Brad Boxberger and Jordan Zimmerman if they are going to be put onto the roster. The team does have the ability to offer them $100,000 in a retention bonus to stay in the system but not be on the Major League roster. So they would then go to the alternate training site and be available if something happens where they're needed. Uh, But they can also ask for their release at that point in time. They wouldn't get the $100,000. It seems to be trending in the direction that Boxberger is going to make the team. For Zimmerman, he hasn't pitched great in spring. It doesn't feel like he's in contention for any type of starting spot now. And he's not in the rotation. The rotation has been set to begin uh, the season like we talked about earlier. Uh, But even if it gets to a point where they need to find somebody else to, to, to get a start in there. It doesn't seem like Zimmerman's the guy. We had Zimmerman on this show, and he said to us that he's very comfortable if the if the club wants him to work as a bullpen guy. He is willing to go to the bullpen, even though uh, he has been uh, a starter throughout the course of his career. Just I, I don't know if I want to use the word ominous with the way council talked about it today, um, but it, it – 
it didn't seem to be promising. I'll use that word. It did not seem to be promising that uh, Zimmerman has uh, a big future with the Brewers. At the same time, you can offer $100,000 for him to go to the alternate training site and see if he uh, regains his form. If he if he turns that down, you would think there's a pretty good chance that that might just be it for him. He has put together a very, very good career. But those those are the decisions that do need to be made coming up on Saturday. I always hate like predicting who's going to make the team and who's not going to make the team because it's not just this – uh, it's not a video game where these people aren't real. We're talking about real-life people who are going to get some really good news or some really bad news. Craig Council said that earlier this week, that this is a week where some really good news is delivered and some really bad news is delivered. And I, that's that's one. if you've listened to me very long, you know that's one of kind of my big things that I talk about a lot. We, need to do, we do need to remember that these people are human beings. And there's going to be people this year who or this week, I should say, who essentially are, are are not getting a job or losing a job, that sort of thing. And it's always uh, a tough deal. But it just it doesn't sound great for Jordan Zimmerman at this point in time. There's going to be a conversation to be had between uh, Craig Council, the Brewers, and uh, and Zimmerman to figure out what is best for him moving forward. One more break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll wrap things up as we continue to look forward to Brewers opening day. What final questions do you have uh, that want to be answered between now and and first pitch on opening day next Thursday. You can text them in 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620, the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, or tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. It's Brewers Weekly. Catch more Brewers Weekly coming up on WTMJ. This is Brewers Weekly with Matt Pauley on WTMJ. Shameless plug. Is it shameless? I mean, I need to plug it. Nope. Let you know what's going on. Okay, not shameless. Good. Greg Hill says, not shameless. This Sunday night, I hope you will join me from 9 to midnight. Not 9 to midnight, 6 to 9. What am I doing? (laughs) I'm all over the place. (laughs) All set for those 8 p.m., 8.30 p.m. first pitches, Matt Pauly. I've been filling in for Brian D on morning sports. That's a that's a that, I'm starting work at 3:30 in the morning. Give give me a break here. I, I don't know what time it is half the day. Uh, all right, let's start this over. Sunday night, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. We are doing our Brewers season preview. This is kind of different. A couple weeks ago, we did our uh, Brewers spring training special where we had. Just a gaggle of Brewers players that uh, appeared. This show is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be more really looking kind of position by position, narrative by narrative, storyline by storyline, and really getting to a number of things. We are going to have some guests. A lot of people who uh, cover the team uh, are going to be uh, joining us on the program as well. But that is this Sunday night, 6P to 9P. I hope you will uh, join us for that program. We are looking forward to it. My final question just going into the season. Um, Jackie Bradley's a little bit banged up. He's going to get back into the lineup uh, here before the Cactus League play is over. Uh, Lorenzo Cain still being eased in. What's that center field spot going to look like on opening day and really throughout the season? That's a It's a very compelling question, and it's going to be fun to watch. And when those guys are in the outfield together, man, they are going to cover a whole lot of ground. I want to thank Greg Matzik, who uh, joined us for the first half hour of the program. Thanks to Greg Hill producing, as always. We we'll look forward to talking to you on Sunday night and again next Thursday on Brewers Opening Day here on WTMJ. You've been listening to Brewers Weekly with Matt Pauley on WTMJ.